Welcome to Build a Drone Reviewer Podcast, Episode 77, FAA Remote ID Finalized, The Good and the Bad. Got that coming up next. The FAA just announced that it finalized remote ID for UAVs. The other night, we took a look at this, and I looked at the good and the bad, and I shared some of my thoughts regarding remote ID. One of the good things is that with remote ID, that for modules that will be added to existing drones, this will not become effective for 24 months. 18 months for the manufacturers to make the modules and another year to comply. So without any further ado, let's roll that broadcast in its entirety. Good evening, everyone. Hope you all had a wonderful Christmas holiday over the weekend. Uh, I did. Both Valerie and I had too much food. <laughs> so what else is new? Um, but no, we had a good weekend. It was quiet. A lot of relaxation. Watched a lot of movies. Um, just really did, really kicked it back and, and enjoyed some relaxation, which which is very much appreciated. Well, as you're all aware today, FAA came out and finalized what remote ID is. And what I thought I'd like to do would be to go and show you the FAA website and what it said there. I'm not going to read everything. In fact, I'm probably not going to read a lot from there. But then there was a great article from Drone Life. Miriam McNabb, I believe, is her name that wrote the article. I'm going to share from some of that and then also talk a little bit about the Academy of Model Aeronautics and what they had to say about it. So um, I do want to welcome everybody here tonight. Um, yeah, more rules. Well, you know, we knew this was coming, uh, XJet. So um, that's just kind of one of kind of one of those things. All right. And of course, we were. I wasn't planning on being on this. Uh, on this week, uh, in fact, tomorrow night's is a is a replay from our um, episode with Brendan Schulman, and we did talk a lot about remote ID there. So I strongly encourage you to watch tomorrow night's episode. So first of all, okay, uh, the first thing that I do want to cover here is the Academy of Model Aeronautics. Now, as you know, and and we'll we'll get specific here, but I'm going to show you. Hey, Brad, welcome. Uh, oh, you did. Uh, you you were. Santa was good to you this year. That's that that's that's awesome. Great to hear that. Um, first thing we're going to do is I'm going to go over uh, the Academy of Model Aeronautics in their reaction here, and basically said the FAA released the final rule for remote ID today. Uh, AMA's legal and government teams are carefully reviewing the 470-page document. Please allow us a few days to do a comprehensive review so we can provide numbers with an accurate and clear assessment as well as possible next steps, okay? So basically what they're saying, they want to take a look at it, review it, digest it, and give you give AMA members, which I'm a member of, and I strongly encourage all of you to join them if you haven't. Um, that $70 is really pays for itself, and I, that's a whole other episode. I can get into all the benefits of AMA. Basically, that's where AMA is coming from, and that's their stance, because I wanted to make you guys aware of that. And of course, and, and we'll get into this here in, in, a, in a second, okay? Now, you know, and you saw that right there, the ruling from the FAA, when does the government do anything small, okay? 470 pages, all right? Hey, Steve, welcome. Ray Kelly, thanks for showing up tonight, Ray. Uh, Intel Maxwell Motor Rotors, welcome tonight. Um, 
yeah when does the government do anything small okay it's always big and always cumbersome and always lots of stuff so but we're gonna look at it and we're gonna gonna give you my gut reaction from it of course you know we all kind of need to let this digest here for a while but what we're gonna look at what i'm gonna share with you first is we're gonna go ahead and take a look at um the press release from the faa and and again you know i i, I caution you you know this this is uh, this is government language here so um let's go ahead and get that up press release for immediate release um uh and there's a pdf that you get and i'll be dropping the link in the description so you guys can have that johnny drone flyer welcome johnny um and we're going to go into the, the I'm, I'm not going to really read from here. This is just really a press briefing here. All right. I'm going to go in and we're going to show this articles from drone life and Mary McNabb. Uh, if you don't subscribe, definitely subscribe to this. Um, she shares a lot of great information every day and she finds things when <laughs> it's hard to find things regarding drone related news. Okay. All right. I'm going to read you some excerpts here. It is simplest remote ID for drones or RID would authorize people to identify any drone in the airspace and connect them with a pilot, much like an automobile license plate identifies a vehicle and the vehicle's owner. Now, here's a summary. The remote ID rule applies to all operators of drones that require FAA registration. There are three ways to comply with the operational requirements, and this is important. Uh, Number one, operate a standard remote ID drone that broadcasts identification and location information of the drone and control station. Two, operate a drone with a remote ID broadcast module, maybe a separate device attached to the drone, which broadcasts identification, location, and takeoff information. Or number three, operate a drone without remote ID, but at specific FAA-recognized identification areas. I want to stop right there with number three, okay? Basically, what that is, that is AMA fields, what we just talked about. And the AMA is looking at this, digesting this, and wanting to um, put out a ruling on it. Now, you know, one of the things that I'm curious about is, okay, there are clubs. And I'm going to be joining a club here locally, um, probably not five or six miles away from me. Uh, They do provide a lot of benefits, and it will help. Um, satisfy, satisfy my sweet tooth for flying things other than drones. Okay. We're not going to, uh, there's more, a lot more to come on that. But anyway, you know, I am going to join that, but this rule number three, okay. Does that mean if you're not a member of that club, but you have a drone that you can go and fly in that airspace over there. That's one of the things that's yet to be determined. Now I haven't seen any answers on that yet. Okay. What is not in the current rule is a requirement for network-based remote ID. Folks, this is huge, okay? Um, Stephen Ewing, welcome. Good to see you. Hemtech's here. Um, Yes, we did have a nice Christmas. Too much food, of course. Um, Lots of relaxation, which is good. So, um, So no network ID. Guys, this cannot be any more huge okay you know there's no we're not going to have the nightmare of having to you know it's just you know to probably pay a service provider and all that kind of good stuff 
And yeah, this is going to be huge. I, I can't say that enough. Um, and, and here's why. And I do want to read this. And I think this is important. In response to the NPRM, the FAA received significant feedback about the network requirement, identifying both public opposition to and technical challenge with implementing the network requirements is the text of the final rule. The FAA had not foreseen or accounted for many of these challenges when it proposed using the network solution and the USS framework. After consideration of these challenges, informed by public comment, the FAA decided to eliminate the requirement in this rulemaking to transmit remote identification messages through an internet connection to remote ID USS. Okay, guys, are writing the FAA made a difference here? Okay, I know a lot of you cut and pasted and did things like that, but the message got through to them. All right, so there is always hope when you contact the government in numbers to request something or to say, look, you know, this is going to be have a detrimental effect. Obviously, they paid attention here, which is incredible. And you got to take hats off to the FAA. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, agree, I agree with you there, XJet. Yeah, the, they had not foreseen. Barry Miller, welcome. Um, Ted Bowman, welcome. Glad you're here tonight. Um, yeah, the Mavic 3 could come out sooner. We'll talk about that here in a minute. And I'm probably going to do some more thinking about that and probably put out a video later about that. But that's a that's a good point here. All right, let's move on down here. These final rules carefully address safety, security, and privacy concerns while advancing opportunities for innovation and utilization of drone technology, the Secretary of Transportation stated. All right, now they get into some text here and everything. Um, now they're going to talk about these categories here, and, and I want to want to kind of touch base on this because I think that this is important here. Um, Category one, category two, category three, and category four, eligibility for operations over people. Now, this is a separate rule from remote ID, okay? This is operations over people and operations at night. Um, the ops over people rule breaks eligible aircraft into four categories as shown below. Category one, eligible small unmanned aircraft must weigh less than 0.55, including everything on board or otherwise attached. Um, no FAA accepted means of compliance or declaration of compliance required. Category two, eligible small unmanned aircraft may not cause, must not cause injury to a human being that's equivalent to or greater than seven severity of injury caused by a transfer of 11 foot pounds of kinetic energy upon impact from a rigid object. Okay. Category three, um, it's uh, 25 foot pounds of kinetic energy impact. Category four. Eligible small unmanned aircraft must have an airworthiness certificate issued under Part 21 of FAA regulations. Ops over people is a significant step forward for expanded operations like drone delivery, which become um, impracticable in urban areas without the ability to fly over people and moving vehicles. Night ops will be allowed for certified operators with appropriate lighting. Now, this is a good section right here. This is implementation, and I think a lot of you probably had questions about that. Now, um, drone manufacturers and pilots uh, have some time to get ready to implement the new rules, which become effective 60 days after publication in the Federal Register. Drone manufacturers will then have 18 months to produce drones equipped with remote ID technology. Operators will have one year after that to start using drones with remote ID. So there's time to get this taken care of. And 
Now I think it becomes crystal clear why the Mavic 3 has not come out yet, okay? That they were waiting for this to drop. DJI was waiting for this to drop. Now that it has dropped, they have now have the green light. Now, I'm sure, you know, again, they've been working on some solutions, but they needed to know, for example, you know, that network ID is gone and that's huge. So, you know, they may have, they may have anticipated with some prototypes and be ready, you know, be ready sooner. But my thoughts, and, and again, this is something I've shared publicly on the show, a G boy, one eight five. Um, glad to see you here. Um, my thoughts are we're not going to see anything like that until late summer, early, early fall. I, I just don't believe it's going to come out for a variety of reasons that fast. Um, you know, we've had we had the Mavic Air two, um, we had the Mini two come out this year. Um, you know, that two drones in one year is a lot, and there's a lot there, and there's a lot still to be tweaked on the Mini 2 and on the Air 2. I mean, those are two incredible drones. Um, and DJI doesn't want to oversaturate the market as well. So that's why you're not going to be seeing things for a while, the, the Mavic 3 for a while. Okay. Now, um, it talks about ARNA Technologies. Uh, they've been deeply involved in testing this. Um, the new rules make way for further integration of drones into our airspace by addressing safety and security concerns. They get us closer to the day when we more routinely see drone operations, such as the delivery of packages. Okay. All right. All right. All this said and done. You know, the big thing here, okay, drone manufacturers will have up to 18, have 18 months to produce drones equipped with the remote ID technology. Operators will have one year after that to start using drones with remote ID. Now you can, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to jump the shark here just a little bit. Okay, guys. Um, yeah, it's clear as that's as clear as muddy mud. Yeah. Hey, Barry, welcome. Glad to see you. Glad to see you join us tonight. Okay. The time frame here, and, and you probably remembered Marcus was hesitant to buy something over a thousand, and I agree with him. Okay. Um, you know what I think. This is just and now. I haven't read anything on this. This is just conjecture based upon just some some thoughts things what i've been thinking of today since i've read all this one of the things what i think dji is going to do okay um where it says you know they have to start using drones with remote id now it did say um in in a previous paragraph and i'm trying to find it here um you know uh, it's trying to find it uh Okay, that's talking about network requirements. All right, they talked about that, ops over people. Okay, basically what, you know, and and I think this is the thing that we probably need to take this into consideration here. Okay, Um, there was a a portion of this, and I'm trying to find it, where drone manufacturers 18 months to produce drones equipped with remote ID technology. Operators will have one year after that to start using drones with remote ID. Okay. Um, uh, 
Okay. All right. Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to find what. Now, you know, basically what I'm trying to say is here, guys, is that we're going to be able to, I, and this is just conjecture on my part, the companies like DJI and Autel, I'm just going to look at them, for instance, for now, use them as examples, be able to retrofit our current drones with the remote ID technology, whatever that is, okay? And you've probably seen the best example of that. Uh, if you look at the Mavic 2 Enterprise, you see the modules that you can add onto there. Um, you know, I believe that there will be a module that you would be able to add on to DJI drones. Um, I believe there will be a module you'll be able to add on to say Autel drones. You know, I can't speak for, you know, I, this is just conjecture on my part because I don't know about you, but you know, I like my, my Mavic Air 2. I like my Mini 2, okay? I like my Phantom 4 Pro V2.0. You can bet that DJI is going to come up with a way to get remote ID technology to these drones, okay, to be able to add a module on there, okay? Now, you know, how big does this module need to be? I don't I don't, don't know. You know, I'm uh, probably someone like Rick Smith would probably be able to best to answer a question like that, but I'm... I would guess, and this is just my opinion, that, that it would get retrofitted, guys. That, that, that's my thoughts about this. The public will have access to everything but your name. Um, you know, the, the big thing is that network ID. I'm not so sure of that now because of the network ID, and, and, and I got to look into that. Um, but I believe this is probably, you know, I'm, I'm going to be doing, because there's a lot to dig in here. There's 470 pages worth of this stuff. And I, and I want to see what the AMA talks about this as well, too. But, you know, this isn't as, you know, let's look at it on the, the plus side here, okay? There's no network ID, okay? Which means there were tie-ins to, you know, other other companies, um, you know, that, that were mentioned there that had been partnering and working and wanting remote ID, all right? And, you know, there was always the question of, you know, you're out at a location where you're not getting a good cell phone signal and all this kind, you know, this eliminates all of that. Okay. And, and I think this, that that's a great thing here. Right. We knew this was coming. This was inevitable. They weren't not going to do something about this. All right. When it works now, I'm going to talk about ADSB when, when it works. Okay it's going to really be beneficial to all of us as pilots. All right. And, you know, we'll be, it will probably be at the point that all private aircraft will have to have them, that they'll have to have them on all the time. I know there's been a lot of give and take and a lot of talk and a lot of discussion about that as far as private aircraft were concerned. But um, it was my understanding that as of January 1st, of this year, 2020, all private aircraft had to have that installed on there, okay? And, you know, 
whether or not they have them on in certain airspace and everything, you know, there's a lot of rules regarding that. Maybe it's in, in, involved in the, uh, you know, in, in, in the ruling here. Maybe there's some, some language in there regarding, um, you know, private aircraft as far as that's concerned. So we'll see. There's going to be a lot to digest from this. Um, you know, I just wanted to get a lot of this out to you guys so you're um, aware of this. Manned aircraft don't ever need an AV band radio. They're operating Class G airspace. Same for ASP. Thank you, XJet. Appreciate that. Um, so, you know, that th there's that rule regarding Class G airspace. So, you know, th that's something that you need to be aware of when you're out there and, and flying. You know, that, that if you're flying, you know, th they're not going to have that in Class G. So that's something, you know, and that's something you kind of need to kind of tuck this away and put this in the back of your head and, 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 and Take it for what it's worth, okay? So, you know, the big thing out of this is, you know, there's no network ID with this, which was going to be, um, it was going to cost us here. But, you know, there's an, another cost that's going to be associated with it is either retrofitting our drones, okay? I think the least amount of drone that's going to be retrofitted is going to have to be the Mavic Air 2. But, you know, that remains to be seen because it already has ADS-B on it. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. What is this going to involve? You know, and DJI does it smart. And if they're able to do it, you know, to be able to retrofit, say, like the Phantom 4 Pro V2.0, the Mavic 2 Pro, Mavic 2 Zoom, Mavic 2 Enterprise Series, you know, and so forth. Um, you know, the, the Mini, the Mini 2, um, Mavic Air 2. You know, that remains to be seen. I think they will because I don't, you know, let's face it here. You know, we, we, we would have very expensive paperweights sitting on our desks or in our cases, guys, if that's the case. Um, government has been offering grants to fit ADSB to manned craft, uh, but they're not offering grants to retrofit our drones. That's a, that's a very good point there, XJet. Uh, that's a very good point. Um, Maybe they might, <laughs> who knows, but you know, we're looked at, you know, and I'm not going to get political here, but you know, there's been a lot of, there's still bad press about drones. Okay. Just very, very, very bad press about drones. And, you know, hopefully this will ease some people's minds about this. I'm not sure how many, but it may help. I mean, you know, that, that that's 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 where this is at. Um, you know, I will make sure that I go ahead and you know drop drop this information in the description, so you guys can go ahead and have that. Um, I'm going to be doing some more digesting of this over the next few days. Again, you know, it's 470 pages. I can read pretty fast, but not that fast. It got released today, um, and there's a lot of legal language in there and a lot to go through. Um, but I do want to go through it. I do want to see about some exceptions. I'm very anxious to see what the Academy of Model Aeronautics says about this, um, how um, you know, the one category of people that, you know, don't, you know, that want to go flying, but not, you know, obey the rules. You know, they have to go fly in an AMA sanctioned field and how all that's going to intertwine and work out with their memberships and things that that's a whole, wow. 
that's a lot. That's a lot to understand. That's a lot to digest. So, you know, the good, you know, we did see, you know, there's no the network ID is not there. Okay. The bad, yeah, it's going to cost us. Okay. Um, either to retrofit our drones or in 18 months, go buy new drones. And, you know, let's face it for a lot of us, you know, shelf life on drones, you know, 18 months is probably about right. You know, um, most of us don't hold on drones, except if ones that we really like, like for me, the Phantom 4, you know, and the Mavic 2, you know, we don't hold on to drones longer than that. You know, there, there's some, you know, the old term, and, and I hate using that term, planned obsolescence, you know, newer things come out and, you know, it's, it's an easy market to sell. For example, you know, when the Mavic 3 comes out or we get wind of it, it's going to be easy to sell the Mavic 2 Pro because it's a great drone and it's going to be hard for me to do it. But, you know, the Mavic 3 is going to be coming out. So, you know, there's like I said, there's going to be a cost involved when we're getting these drones that are going to have remote ID on there. Um, And to see how all this works, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be real interesting, but at least it's been finalized. We know what's coming now. And, you know, also, you know, part of the good news in this is, you know, we raised our voices about this, okay? And I know a lot of you commented on this. Um, you know, for example, I think DJI put like a thousand page comment on our thing. That's what Brendan says. And watch watch my replay tomorrow night with Brendan and what he has to say about remote ID. So we did that earlier this year. I think it'll help give you some insight into some things, okay? Because he's very detailed. He is truly a subject matter expert. And one of the things that I'm going to do, try to do shortly after the new year gets going here, is to get Brendan on the show and to talk to him about remote ID. I want him, you know, I want him to get a chance to digest this information and then have him on to talk about this, um, you know, to look at the pluses, the minuses. And, you know, has DJ and I thought, you know, are they going to retrofit drones? Are they just going to put this on drones going forward? Maybe he might be able to provide us some insight as to as to what the thinking is there regarding that. So, you know, that's going to be a great show. Um, you know, again, I'm going to I'll, I'll ping him probably sometime within the next week or two to see, you know, when he would feel comfortable to get on here, because I think having him on that first time was fantastic. This will be even better because we actually have the rules now. We have we know how this is going to work. And that's one of the things I want to spend some time looking at this and finding side. Wouldn't the minis be excluded from remote ID under 250 grams? No need to register. Well, no, they they won't because, you know, it's th- these are all, um, you know, you have to read the rules. You know, the only thing that they're exempt from is registration here in the United States. OK, everything else applies to the minis. All right. You know, even though they're under 250 grams. All right. The only thing if it's over 250 it needs to be registered here in the United States. So um, let's see. I'm looking to see if there's any questions. Um, Matt Cundiff's in the house. Bill, did Brendan Schulman leave DJI? Um, Ray, as far as I know, no, he's still with DJI. Um, Romeo Dersher left left DJI. He's he's officially gone. I, I did find out. I did confirm that. Um, Lauren Donauer let me know that during a broadcast recently. Romeo is, is definitely no longer DJI, but as far as I know, Brendan is still at DJI. So 
hopefully, you know, <laughs> hopefully, you know, I, I haven't heard anything. I think that's something that would have been newsworthy and I would have found out about that, but I haven't heard anything to the contrary. So, um, you know, again, I'm going to try to narrow him in, um, find it out and we'll see regarding that. So, um, you know, I'll drop links to this article in the description so you guys can read through it. Um, and it has links to the FA. Trust me, 470 pages, guys. It's a lot of stuff to digest. If you have if you have a lot of coffee and a lot of time, sit there. And if you guys see anything with this, you know, shoot me an email. Let me know about this um, because I want to compile. I'm going to come back probably um, next Tuesday, not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday and kick off Rotor Talk Live Season 4 with talking about this and, you know, having digested it and seeing, you know, what all, you know, you know, we're scratching the surface here. Okay. And, you know, I'm liking what we're seeing right now, but we need to do a deep dive and to check into some things because as you know, the federal government loves to hide things in, 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 in enormous, uh, legality there. So, you know, stay tuned for all that. Um, why haven't we heard from Hobson, Autel, Femi, et cetera, and FPP? I don't know. I, I can't answer that now. You know, they're going to have to be compliant. I mean, you know, that, that's, that's going to have to happen. It's not optional. Um, so, you know, companies like Femi, like Hobson, you know, with their drones, um, they're going to have to have to be, com- they're going to have to comply. So it's going to, it's going to be different for them. They're going to have to retool and redo some things as well. So um, now here's another thing, and this is this is a this is a thought here. I want to kind of want to leave you guys with this. Think about it. Um, uh, yeah, it's going to take some time to digest. You're right, Tim. Uh, at least the internet and third party providers gone. I'll give the FA credit that there are areas in the rules they come out with and say they don't consider this or that. That's, that's a good comment, Tim. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, it's important to understand here that your voice matters. Okay. And we spoke up loud, we spoke up strong and, you know, you know, from the comments that I did get a chance to peruse out there, you know, we articulated very well. And we got our message across about it and, and it mattered. And, you know, and it was good to see that it mattered to the FAA because we spoke in numbers and we were consistent with what we told them. So I think that's important. And, and that's a, and that's a real big takeaway from this besides the whole, you know, besides getting the remote ID, um, not having to deal with remote ID in this. So again, there's a lot to digest here. I wanted to give you guys a quick overview of things and what I see as pluses and minuses so far. Um, So that's where we're at with this. Um, If you have any questions, you know, drop drop them below in the comments. Email me. Let me know. By the way, just to let you guys know, the best way to get a hold of me is to email me. I know some of you have messaged me on Facebook, which is okay, but I'm not always there, um, you know. I, I don't always check Facebook Messenger, and you'll message me on Build a Drone Reviewer's Facebook page. I don't really check that a lot. So that's why I, I've left a message 
a default message to email me at buildadronereviewer at gmail.com. So if you have something, a pressing question, best place, best place to do that is to email me at buildadronereviewer at gmail.com. It allows me, if I need to pass you a link and so forth, it's much easier to do it via email than in a, in a messenger chat. So um, just to let you guys know that. So I want to thank everybody for showing up tonight. This was an impromptu um, drone lives matter. <laughs> it's a good one, Scott. Um, this was an impromptu broadcast. I wasn't planning on doing it. And then, you know, FA came out with, uh, with remote ID. And I thought this was important enough of a topic to have a few minutes worth of discussion on this. Again, you know, I'll drop a link to the article in the description. So you guys can go ahead and check that out and, and do get on with, um, um, drone life mary mcnab she's an excellent writer she does a great job um you know is one of these people she does she does great work with us so i, I you know I, again I, I do encourage that um tomorrow night got the replay with brendan shulman encourage you guys to watch that because we did talk about remote id it was earlier this year you'll probably gain some insight and maybe you know be able to come up with some things so Hope you guys have a great New Year's. We got New Year's coming up, and it's one of those New Year's that I know a lot of people are looking forward to, to leave 2020 behind and embrace 2021. And as somebody said, what does 2021 have going for it? It's not 2020. That's what's that was the answer. So hope all you guys take care. If you're still on vacation, have a good vacation or holiday. Enjoy yourselves. Be safe. And also remember to be responsible over New Year's. You know, uh, you know the old adage, don't drink and drive. It really does apply. Um, you know, if you want to celebrate, go to a friend's house, plan to spend the night. Um, you know, if, if you're planning on, do, on, on enjoying libations during, 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 during New Year's. Um, and if you're out and you need to get a ride home, have somebody who's sober ride you home or get a taxi ride home or an Uber ride home. Um, you know, I had a good friend of mine who was killed by a drunk driver. So it's personal for me. And I want to encourage you to make sure, please, please, please enjoy yourself, but don't drink and drive. So that's my message for now. We'll see you guys a week from Tuesday. Season four, episode one will kick off. We'll talk about remote ID and I'm sure a lot of other things will come up. Uh, also, what we got planned in 2021, got a lot coming up on the channel. So hope you guys enjoy that. Um, I've been rather busy lately. That's why you haven't seen a lot of videos. Work has been very busy. It's been a very busy time of year. Um, but we're going to start cranking out some more videos. So, so be prepared for all that. Thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight. And as always, it's a great day to fly, guys. Take care.